Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello to all our friends around the world, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show, as always, is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, our show is about communicating spirit to spirit with teens. Last week, we devoted our episode to communicating spirit to spirit with children. So, we're growing up. Finally. (laughs) This week, we'd like to continue exploring the importance of not just communicating, but communicating from spirit to spirit with souls who are going through that time period in their incarnation we call teenagehood. So technically, that covers seven years between 13 and 19 years inclusive. Now, if you're talking to an astrologer, it includes the 10 years of the 20s as well, up until about 28 years old, 28 to 30. For some people, up to about 75. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Many adults I've talked to about teenagehood, whether it was about teenagers or about their own experiences during their teens, The initial reactions have been anything but lukewarm. Often it's been either, oh no, or oh yes. Whether people loved their teenage life experience or hated it, almost everyone agrees it was challenging. And for many adults, communicating with teens has been a more difficult experience than, say, communicating with little children or Having your wisdom teeth pulled. (laughs) (laughs) What makes teenagehood so challenging for so many of us? This question goes out to ones who are going through it or the ones trying to communicate with those who are teens. Of course, first and foremost, if you had a very difficult time in your teens and you haven't really healed yourself, From that time period, you will certainly be challenged by many who are going through it now and having a hard time. Maybe you might even avoid being around teens altogether. It's that thing we've talked about several times in our previous shows called matching pictures. When we have similar, identical, or even unresolved experiences held in our minds as the teen we're communicating with, The images of those difficulties get energized, and we start reacting mentally, emotionally, unconsciously, and at times physically like we did before when we ourselves were teens. For example, parents go through this whether their children, as the children grow up. They go through this with their children as the children grow up, I meant. When the child is a baby... Whenever the parents haven't processed through in regard to their life experience during the same age will surface and they may experience similar reactions as they did at that same age. In other words, they start to act like teenagers themselves. It's not uncommon to see a parent 
starting to react as they did as a teenager when one of his or her children reaches that age. If a successful 45-year-old father of an 18-year-old son, for instance, suddenly trades in his family van or practical car for a Corvette Stingray or Porsche or Firebird Trans Am or something like that, well, he may be finally able to afford the sports car of his dream, the dream from his teenage years. I'm still working on that. (laughs) Of course, most of what happens on this level is much more subtle and more on an emotional level inside. Teenagehood is also challenging for the incarnating soul because it's a major transition phase in that incarnation. In the years of growing up from toddlerhood to preteens, we're like the challenges of studying and graduating from first grade to second grade and so on. The challenges that the soul in the teenage body faces are like graduating from high school and getting into college. It's been fairly normal for high school graduates to have to apply to various colleges, pass entrance exams, have interviews, submit applications and essays, as well as prepare to move out of their family homes and move to a new state or city or even country to their college experience. For the soul incarnating in the body in this world, the difference of its experience during the teenage years is as big or bigger than the experiences before that period or immediately afterwards. It comes partly as a result of the second aspect of who they are as a soul that starts to play a much more major role in their life experience than earlier in their incarnation. Their center of operation, so to speak, shifts dramatically from that of their feelings to that of their reasoning ability. The teenage years mark the final throes of this major transition through which that soul is still used to basing what it wants and does, in other words, its decisions, on how it feels to instead starting to apply sound reasoning to its decision-making process. More often than not, there is a tug-of-war between their feelings and their reasoning. Yes, I know all about that. I, I'm still working on that. <laughs> yes, we all have the teenage within. You know, they talk about the child, child within. Child within, no, yeah. There's the teenager within. Didn't get rid of the teenage within. <laughs> but, you know, when we begin our incarnation process at birth, only one aspect of who we are as souls comes in to the body to learn to operate the physical body and the associative part of the mind you know, the part that Raphael's talking about, the matching pictures, the, that goes, oh, that's red, this is red. Or you're uh, a teenager, I'm a teenager. It matches, you know, it associates the similarities. And so the first part of the soul that comes in at birth has to learn to survive and get along in the world in this body, new body, right? In spirit, you don't have to do that. But Once you get into a body, hey, that's number one priority, because if you can't keep the body alive as a soul, (laughs) well, then (laughs) no matter how many reincarnations you have, it's just not going to work very well, because every time you come in, you're gone. Okay, so that's what we come in, the first part that learns that, and it's based on mostly on feelings. That's why little children 
not only have to be taught, have to be guided by adults who have a lot more life experience to know, okay, you can't just blindly run across the street. Chances are, especially in the traffic in big cities and everything like that, you're not going to make it across the street. So you need an adult guidance until you start to go, oh, you know, I, I guess that's true. But in the beginning, it's all feelings, you know. So, so it's like, oh, I want to I cross the street. Squirrel. <laughs> you see that with animals too. You're in the middle of something and then they see something else and go, wow, chase that ball or whatever. And so it's all very intuitive feeling level. Okay. So that's why if you observe communication with little children, you know, especially under seven years of age, they respond so much more directly to what you're feeling inside. You might be thinking you're hiding it and saying all the right things. But if you're really upset, you're really in grief, you're really angry, you know, you're in resistance, whatever, inside, but you have a smile on the outside and saying, no, no, little girl, you know, you're supposed to do this or that. This is the right thing to do. Most kids will not respond to the, quote, politically correct stuff you're saying out loud, they're going to respond to what you're going through inside. And that's why, especially little babies, you know, uh, some a pretty decent adult who's dressed well, smiling and whatnot, but they're just inside and they're trying to go coochie, coochie, coo. And the baby starts screaming their head off. Guess what, folks? <laughs> They're communicating on a feeling-to-feeling level much, much more than where you might be as an adult on an intellectual level. At about seven years of age, the second aspect of the soul, which is based on reasoning, I call it the reasoning self, begins to incarnate into the growing body. And this part takes about 14 years to fully establish the self and become the main decision maker in living here in the world. 14 years. You know, it's kind of a long time. But when you think about it, on one hand, childhood goes by really fast. But say if you're a parent, day by day, oh my God. You know, it's there's so many things they're learning. And sometimes it doesn't make, you know, any kind of rhyme or reason what the child is doing or how that child is reacting. But you got to remember, oh yeah, that second part is taking 14 years to really establish, oh yeah, this is correct reasoning. I can't just go by whatever I happen to feel at the moment. And there's a balance that starts to get uh, created between the reasoning self and the feeling self, if all goes well, okay? So, interestingly enough, that's why in so many cultures, the age of adulthood and full responsibility is 21 years old. But at 21 years old, that aspect is hopefully finally starting to be the master of the house for the time being. During those 14 years, the shift happens gradually, and often the two aspects of the soul are in conflict rather than in unison. Simple example 
is that of, you know, many of us even go through it now mm-hmm. <laughs> at 60 some years old or 70 or 40 years old that knowing, okay, yeah, I'm trying to be healthier and everything. The healthier thing to do here is to walk away from that big chocolate decadence cake. <laughs> or at least offer the healthier dessert. But the feeling self is screaming inside. Oh, no, just this once. Hey, what's it going to be? It's not that bad. Just once. It won't kill you. No, no, no. Just just go have it. Well, I want it. I want it. I want it. Me want the cookie, please. <laughs> of course, you can imagine all kinds of scenarios in this life that could be rather than the one about the chocolate cake. Right, that, I thought, would be mm, not too threatening, <laughs> to use it as an example, but you can think of a lot of things a lot more intense that you're feeling that, you know, you're starting to, as a as an early teen, you're starting to go, you know what, that's not the right thing to do. But, oh, I, I, I can't help myself. Yeah, you mm-hmm. see that a lot. So there's a lot more impulsive behaviors during one's teenhood. It doesn't matter who you are. That may seem counterproductive, but you know that's that's the struggle. That's that's the learning process. Of course, <laughs> we see quite a few 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds acting way more impulsively on TV <laughs> than most teenagers. Anyway. <laughs> So, how does this all impact getting into spirit-to-spirit communication with souls going through their teenage life in this incarnation? Whereas, communicating spirit-to-spirit with younger child depends so much more on the picture and feeling level of communication, communicating with the souls of teens requires grounded reasoning along with a strong harmonious feeling component. You know, again, even with teenagers, especially the earlier teenagers, if you're conflicted inside, you're feeling really angry, and at the same time, you're trying to be cool and collected and intellectually, you're saying, well, um, you know, this is the way to do things and blah, 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 and this is why. It's not going to fly. Well, actually, especially with teens, and with very smart teens, they're, they're going to catch it right away because they're still got a lot of that feeling sensitivity going on. And so they, they can feel you. You know, in fact, there's a more recent type of a, a colloquial expression. Hey, it's not, it used to be, I hear you. But now it's more people are going, I feel you, Right. Because they're still, they're validating that part, saying, hey, wait a minute, don't lie to me. Don't tell me the politically correct stuff that you're mouthing off. At the same time, you're feeling the total opposite inside. Get real. Have you ever heard a teenager tell an adult, get real? Yeah. That's what they're talking about. And and a lot of that is on the psychic end, isn't it? They can tell it's not You know, what you're saying doesn't match up with what you're feeling or thinking inside of you. A soul during teenagehood is establishing its identity or the realness 
of who or she is. So getting real is important. How real is what you're saying to that team? How consistent? Is it how you feel? Is it what you're really thinking, what you're saying? Often, even very spiritually aware teens are not necessarily interested in talking about spirit. Yet, they might be very interested in experiences that either make spirit much more real, if they wish to wake up to more spirit, or even to make spirit more unreal, if they want to invalidate it. Wow, our first break is coming up, if you can believe it. And one of our uh, kind of traditions here is to give little announcements about things that we're doing in betwixt everything. So I'm excited to announce that we'll be in beautiful Burlington, Vermont, this coming Saturday and Sunday, September 21st. And 22nd, and this is the year 2019, in case you're listening to this later. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be an amazing weekend of two all-day seminars, as taught by Michael J. Tamora. The title of the weekend is Celebrating Your Courage, Compassion, and Clairvoyance to help you see your way through these crazy, challenging times. Yay! (laughs) Each day has its own title. On Saturday, you can... Learn to use your intuition and clairvoyance joyfully, having the courage to be your compassionate self. Then on Sunday, Michael will teach you to learn to live by intuition, clairvoyance, having the courage to live your truth. And this event is open to everyone. We would love to have you come join us, especially you East Coasters who have been wanting to see us live. Today's challenges are not for the faint of heart. If you weren't a courageous soul, you wouldn't be incarnated now. Learn to have your courage to be compassionate and access your inner knowing and sight to live your most loving, joyful life. It's time for you to have much more certainty in yourself and in what you know to be true. Shine your light ever more brightly in this world. Find out all the details and sign up on our website events calendar on michaeltamora.com or call our wonderful office assistant, Noelle, at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. We'll return in a couple minutes to continue with communicating spirit to spirit with teens. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show. Hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 
1111 Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Do you find yourself thinking that you're not good enough or that you're not lovable? Do you sometimes feel that there is something wrong with you and that you're hiding something? These are more common thoughts than you would think. It's time to talk about this. Tune in to Where Words Can't Reach, shedding light on our dark side with Dr. Madeline DeLittle. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Let's get back to communicating spirit to spirit with teens. And by the way, I want to say hello especially to any teens who are listening today. Yeah. Yeah, we we love teenagers. Michael's especially great with teens. Um, But, you know, one of the things I think about often um, when I think about teenagers is that, well, as many of you know, I grew up in a family with nine children. And during our teenage years, At any given time, my mother and father had five teenagers. One would come in, (laughs) one would go out. So, you know, to to you you parents out there who have more than one teen or even just one strong teenager who's going through it and you're getting all lit up on your teenage years, remember what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. (laughs) (laughs) And really, my mother did very well with it. She especially, you know, had to had to take care of the kids a lot more than my dad did, even though she worked a full-time job as well. It was kind of an amazing feat that she did. But, um, you know, we appreciate all you parents out there who go through that and, and sacrifice yourselves. But she lived to be 87 years old, so it didn't kill her. It made her stronger and really uh, supported all of us through that difficult time. But... Getting back to what we were talking about before, Michael was talking about for teens, it's important about making it real. You want to yeah. further communicate about that, Michael? Making it real or, or getting real or keeping it real. So, Rafia, are you telling me to get real? Yes. <laughs> get real, brother. Yes. So, what does it mean to get real? Well, you know, here I am. Uh, Raphael has long called me a, a cosmic airhead <laughs> because I tend to be out there. <laughs> but that's the way I am. <laughs> that's when, when you're living mostly in spirit. For many people in this world, that's out there, right? So my job this lifetime first was to learn how do I make it real that I'm spirit, and so are you. Spirit is real, 
when you can't physically see it, you can't physically grab it with your hands, you know, you throw things at it and nothing happens. Huh. Okay. So when somebody like me comes along and says, oh, yeah, we're spirit. I see you as spirit. I see you as this light. And they go, I don't see that light. Get real, right? So get real means be yourself no matter what. Don't be split within yourself to like thinking, okay, this is the right thing to say to this teenager. And inside feeling the total opposite or conflicted about it, right? Uh, Oh, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm feeling this way, but I'm supposed to tell this kid, you know, such and such. Hey, most teenagers, they're really sensitive. They're really aware. They still have intact most of that feeling part of themselves. And this reasoning part's also coming in strong, hot and heavy. So they're going, wait a minute. Something's hinky here. You're looking a certain way out on the outside, on the surface, you're saying stuff, but it doesn't jive with what I feel and, and even psychically sense and see where you are inside. I know you're not telling the truth. See, that's, that's one thing about truth is if you feel one way, if you're conflicted inside from where, how you're acting and what you're saying on the outside, it's not true. It's, it's conflicted. It's divided. Huh. Consistency with how you are inside and how you are outside. It's, that is easy if you're just letting yourself be yourself. Doesn't mean throw wisdom and, and reasoning out the window. No. Be yourself and use, apply good reason and definitely good wisdom. Otherwise, they're going to see right through you. Yeah, again, you're going to, they're going to see right through you. They're going to feel right through you. I had an amazing experience with a teenage boy many, many years ago. I was waiting for some people in front of a conference center after having given a talk earlier that day. Then a woman approached me, somebody I never met before, and she heard me. she said she heard me speak and wanted to know if it was all right for her to ask me a question. Oh, sure, no problem. Once we were talking, she pointed to, to this boy sitting by himself on top of a small little concrete divider kind of wall, seemingly looking out into outer space, and told me that was her son, whom she was extremely concerned about. How old was he? At that time when I met them, he was sophomore, 16, something like that. Mm-hmm. And she said two years ago, he lost his older sister to a car accident that crushed him, that devastated him. She was, the sister, was his all-time number one hero in the world. So he must have been you know, 13 or 14 years old when that happened and she was much older senior in high school or something like that. So she said he was trying to cope with this huge loss and starting to finally make small strides. Uh, you know, it took about a year where there's, she starts to notice he's starting to 
not get over it, but starting to make some strides in the right direction, when suddenly it shows on the news, Princess Diana lost her life in that tragic car accident. Diana was his second biggest hero in the world right after his sister. Diana's accident and death really crushed the boy's spirit from the moment he saw the news of Diana's accident and death, the mother said, he stopped talking cold, not a word, completely. He had not spoken one word to anyone since then. So about a year by the time I I was there. The woman said she'd gone to all kinds of specialists, took him to all kinds of experts, tried everything, and she was at her rope's end when she heard me speak that day at the conference. And she asked me if I would even just talk to her son for a few minutes. She wasn't asking for any guarantees, any results. She just wanted, you know, would you, would you talk to him? Of course, I said, sure. So I walked over and where the boy was sitting by himself, I jumped on the small wall next to him and um, sat there shoulder to shoulder looking straight ahead. I didn't face him. I didn't speak to him. I just sat next to him. And I looked the same way he was looking straight out ahead into the open space in front. And for a while, I just sat there. Didn't say, I didn't even say hi or anything. I just sat there. And I was just matching his energy, just communicating with him spirit to spirit inside, silently. Then, shortly thereafter, I start to talk, more like I was talking to myself out loud. I talked about talking to his mom, and that she told me that his most beloved sister had died in the car accident two years ago. And then to make that unbearable experience even more unbearable, Princess Diana died in a car accident a year later. I just let it sit there, and I went silent again for a while. Then I said, it really sucks, doesn't it? And it wasn't like I'm telling him, it really sucks, doesn't it? I'm just like I'm talking to myself into the air. It really sucks, doesn't it? And we were quiet for about five minutes. When suddenly he erupted with, it really, really sucks. And I kept staring ahead like he was, but I listened. And then he goes, why is it that all the really good and beautiful people in this world have to die so young? And all the terrible, violent, bad, abusive people live to cause everyone so much trouble and pain for so long. And they live so long to old age. Now, still looking straight ahead, I asked him, So this is the first time I'm directing my communication more personally to him. I said, do you want to know why? And he turned to face me for the first time since I approached him and immediately said, yeah, I want to know. And I turned to face him. It's the first time I'm looking at him face to face. His face was contorted in grief and anger. I said, You go to school, right? What grade are you in? 
he was in high school, a sophomore. I told him that living in this world was like going to school. We're each here to learn a lot. I asked him, how do you go from one grade level to the next in your school? He asked me what I meant by that. He wasn't too clear what I was asking. So I asked him, what did he have to do to get through freshman year and then get to start his sophomore year? He said, well, you have to learn your lessons and pass all the tests. And if you passed your tests, then you get graduated and you get to go on to the next grade level. I told him that's exactly how it works in this school we call life in this world. I said, you know, it's a, this is a school for souls. This, this is where we learn through life. Rather than sitting in a classroom in a building, we live in this world and our lessons come from our living our life. When we learn our lessons for the grade level we're in, we get graduated and go on to our next grade level with more difficult lessons to learn. And in this school of life, I told them, our final graduation is what we call dying. He was completely focused on what I was saying. I told him that the beautiful and truly good people in the world, like his sister and like Princess Diana, learned their lessons and passed their exams, and they got to graduate early. Just like in school, the really bright students that learn faster and pass all the tests early sometimes get to graduate a year earlier or whatever. And they're younger when they go to college than the others. On the other hand, those who he felt were the abusive, nasty, bad people in the world, well, obviously, they didn't learn their lessons and didn't pass their exams. They don't get to graduate yet. And just like in school, those students who slough off on their studies and can't pass the exams get held back and have to repeat the same grade level the following year rather than going on to the next grade. Those are the ones who had to live here for a very long time to learn their lessons. But if they can't learn their lessons in one lifetime, they have to repeat the same grade level in the next lifetime. Guess what? The boy smiled for the very first time and said, I never thought of life that way. But it makes so much sense because this kid was you know, 16 years old as a body, but as a soul, he was very bright. He was very aware. Then, right after he smiles and says that, a little darkness fell across his face, and I knew what he was now concerned about. <laughs> He's thinking, oh, does that mean, you know, I'm a pretty good person. Does that mean I'm going to die young like my sister? So I asked him in this school, his school, who determines which students learn their lessons, pass their exams, and get to graduate, and which ones have to repeat? And he said, the teachers, of course. I told him that's exactly how it works in this world as well. I told him that besides those who fail to learn their lessons and have to stay here for a longer time than those who learn fast, those who are more the teachers here in this world, 
doesn't matter what age they are, but they're here to teach everyone else. They also stay here for a much longer time, just like I'm sure his freshman English teacher last year when he was a freshman is still there this year when he's a sophomore as a freshman English teacher. He graduated from her class, but she's still teaching year after year. Huh, new crop of students. Sometimes a good teacher can spend his or her entire career teaching the same grade level. Those souls that are the teachers grow old in this world as well as those who are the bad students who fail and need to learn their lessons. The boy boy brightened up even more and he got what I was saying. And I said, that's right, you're one of the teachers here. That's the only way you could have known that your sister and Princess Diana were both great students who learned their lessons and can be graduated. And you also know which souls on this planet right now are the bad students who failed to learn their lessons have to stay much longer. They get old and grouchier, (laughs) more abusive sometimes. As a teacher, I said to him, you'll be here for a long time. And he laughed. And then we walked back to his mom. And I'm sure there's more to talk about with that story, but we've got our second break coming up. And we want to let you know that next Saturday, September 28th, we'll be teaching our teleclass, Your Third Chakra, Energy Distribution, Out-of-Body Experience, and Responsibility. This is the third of seven teleclasses in our ongoing teleclass series. You might be more psychic than you think. You can join us for this teleclass from anywhere in the world by phone on Saturday, September 28th, 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. And, of course, you can always listen to a download recording if you can't join us for the live class. Details are on our website at michaeltamura.com. And you can sign up there or call our office at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours Pacific time. When we return, we'll continue with our exploration of communicating spirit to spirit with teens. See you in a couple minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. As we age, there are certain situations which we all must face. Care and treatment don't always measure up to what it's supposed to be, and there are many questions that need to be answered. Tune in to Voices for Elder Care Advocacy with hosts Phyllis Amon and Rubina Chaudhry. Seniors deserve to have a more fulfilling life, and we'll bring you the answers that you need to hear to make it happen. 
Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in for Five Blossom Radio. Each week, host Denise Richard will discuss common interests in the fields of art, health, and spirituality. The series is arranged into three parts, focusing on Five Blossom Gatherings, the Four Voices Program, and Fires of Compassion. Every program is available on demand, so if you miss any part of the series live, be sure to catch up. Five Blossom Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's great to have you back. We're exploring today about communicating spirit to spirit with teens. And because the break came up really quickly, uh, Michael had to kind of conclude that wonderful story he just told about the young man who was so upset about his uh, sister and Princess Diana's death happening very close together in his life and affecting him very strongly and giving him an important lesson. Michael, you want to continue talking about that? Yeah, only that, you know, I'm just thinking about that experience. It taught me a lot. And these are the real miracles in my life. You know, experiences like that. I treasure as the real miracles in my life. And I never even exchanged names with that boy or his mother. Yeah, no, there was no introductions. There was no nothing. We just got right into communication. And that's the way it is when you're in spirit-to-spirit communication with someone. It doesn't have to be just a teen, but anybody. There's so many people I've gotten into such amazing experience of communication with that I have no idea what their name was, sometimes where they came from. Well, like in this case, I, I don't know where they lived or, you know, <laughs> uh, anything. All the, the physical details of a person's life because we were just straight into the communication about what was really important to this brilliant soul, this bright, beautiful soul that was currently at the time a sophomore in a body that was a teenage body and sophomore in school. I never exchanged any information on, you know, contact or anything with his mom or anything else. And I never saw either of them ever again. But these are the experiences that are greater than any winning any Oscars or Nobel Prize or Olympic gold medal in my book of life yeah to others that may be very different but for me if i had a choice which would you rather have i'd rather have those experiences of being able to have that communication even if it was 15 minutes or whatever amount of time it takes even if i never see that person again in this lifetime i felt 
I was the one who received the great blessing of having this experience. I got to be part of it, right? It's not like, like you know, the, the mother was being mindful and, and she knew I was a you know, public speaker and everything, and she didn't want to just barge in and say, hey, I, I want you to do this and this and this. No, she said, would it be okay if I asked you a question? Of course it was okay. This is the importance of communication. It's not just the biggest part of all healing of any kind. It's the doorway to all miracles. And the importance of communicating spirit to spirit with the soul of a teenager is priceless. You get to be part of that pivotal transition point in that soul's incarnation. So, and Raphael, I know, you know, you've, you've looked at this many times and in yourself and in others. What would you say to our listeners in terms of one of the most important tools that you know of in getting into communication spirit to spirit with a teen? Well, one of my favorite tools is saying hello to a teenager and practicing saying hello to a teenager without judgment. Ah, yes. Uh, yes, this is a challenging one because most of our experience, uh, Michael had two children uh, and they were quite small when we got together and uh, so we went through teenagehood with them. And part of that transitioning to the reasoning self um Part of what teenagers go through is they're starting to kind of reason through everything. And, and some of that involves throwing out a lot of judgments at other people. And so I, I don't lecture teenagers not to judge, but this is something that they eventually learn in their experience as a teen and as they get into their 20s. But as a person, as an adult person wanting to get in communication with that teen, being able to communicate, say hello, spirit to spirit, as well as out loud to that teenager without a snicker, without judgment. And if even if you're hiding it, they can smell it a mile away, <laughs> a mile away. I remember a, a little message to all the teenagers out there listening. Uh, every adult, look around you, every adult around you had to go through this initiation in life called teenagehood. And for some people, it was really difficult. And for others, it was a lot of fun. Uh, for others, it was kind of 50-50. I was, <laughs> I was in the 50-50. I loved my teenage years, um, but I was kind of a teenager by the time I was nine years old in some ways because I had a lot of responsibilities handed to me. And I learned a little bit more how to behave like an adult but when I went through my teenage years, uh, I went through them just as strongly as anybody else. And any adult, in fact, for you teens out there, you might even want to talk to an adult. Say, what were your teen years like? Hmm. Some of them want to talk about it. Some of them don't. But listen, you know, sometimes they got into trouble as teenagers because you start to go into a part of your brain that says, you know, adults are all full of it and <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I please. And, and- that's and part also, of the learning process. Yeah, and also in terms of judgment, you know, so many times when we're teenagers and we hear uh, our parents or adults going, oh, I did this and this and this when I was your age, and the things they did are not good. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not either uh, healthy or they're not uh, legal or, or whatever. Yeah. For a teenager, you know, this is why the reasoning self is 
trying to figure it out. And often in the beginning, the reasoning says, okay, so if you, you did, did it, it, I can, I can do, do it, it too. too. Yeah, that's- and that's the reasoning, right? But it's not correct reasoning because there's no wisdom there. You have to ask, how come this adult did what I want to do, but now as an adult, they're saying don't do it. What do they know that I don't know? Because they went through it. And sometimes they're, they're wrong, but other times, oh, you need to find out, is what the adult's saying to you in terms of that kind of instruction or guidance, is it coming from wisdom, life experience that they were able to heal and get through and experience the other side of it and going, okay, now I know more. And with what I know now and what I went through, this is the better course. Exactly. And of course, it's up to the teen to decide to do it or not. And hopefully, as you uh, make your mistakes, you find uh, wisdom yourself in, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah. And that's important. So one of the uh, experiences I had as a teen was we had a class trip. I'm from the Detroit area, and we had a class trip um, to the top of one of the, the tallest buildings in, in Detroit to meet a famous chef and to see his kitchen. And I was so shocked. I was 17 at the time, and I was so shocked about how he treated us. He called us kids. Come on, come on, kids. You might as well have said little kids. <laughs> and the disrespect towards us was really enormous. Mm. And I really didn't enjoy that visit at all and don't remember anything about his kitchen or his cooking, but how we treated mm-hmm. our group. So one of the things to remember is... You know, a a teenager is feeling him or herself as an adult. So in certain ways, like how you address them, give them some respect, even if they are making mistakes. And if they are doing something to not earn your respect, you the lesson is, um, you know, they have to learn to earn your respect in that sense, too. So it's a two-way street in that sense. And getting back to being real, being yourself. You have to also let the teen be him or herself, right? And But you have to be yourself as well, which means, oh, sometimes, especially as a parent, but also as just an older adult person, doesn't even have to be a parent, you get caught in that crossfire of that newly acquired super reasoning power that the teens, all teens have, and they use it as, like a lawyer, you know, <laughs> twist it around and until your brain's a noodle and you go, oh, yeah, you're right, which might tr- be true as well. But that's that same reasoning where, oh, if you did it, I can do it too and you can't stop me and blah, blah, blah. Or who are you to tell me not to do this, that this is not the right choice to make when you're the one who went and did the same thing, you know, umpteen years ago. And so, so that part, you have to remember you're no longer a teenager if you're if you're not. You've lived quite a few more years than the person you're speaking with, and you have that much more life experience. This isn't about intellectual knowledge and superiority and reasoning power. No, this is about life experience. And you can't give that up. You go, no, this is where I'm coming from. I can't tell you what to do or not to do because you are a free person. And you can, like Raphael said, you're going to choose what you're going to choose. But 
this is where I'm coming from, from life experience, not some, you know, textbook, something that says this is what you're supposed to say. But this is what I went through. And give them the experience, the story, the what you went through. And then they have something more to bounce off of than just, I told you so. Uh, this is what I'm telling you to do. And there's one other little hint here is don't make it too dense and too long because teenagers don't like long lectures. F- feed it to them one piece of wisdom at a time and they will hear it, especially if you wait until they're more open for it and yeah. not when they're t- totally shut down to you. Think of it as a text message. Yep. You know, <laughs> teenagers are very sensitive still and I see that in some levels, teenagers are, the teenage time is when the psychic abilities open a lot more. So you have to be mindful about that as well. Um, One of the things I want to throw out at the teenagers listening is one of the things to remember is that you can't throw out at your parents, I didn't ask to be born. (laughs) Oh, yes, you did. And you chose your parents and you chose your life. And in a way, this is something that we all have to wake up to at one point or another is, you know, what are we here for? And why are we, what are the lessons we're here to learn? And why did we pick particular types of experiences and lessons? Including parents. (laughs) Including the parents that you have. And this is part of growing up. And eventually you'll be parents, maybe, (laughs) if you choose to be. And then you'll get to see kind of the other side of the story, the the other side of the coin, so to speak. So um, anyway, we're getting to the end of our show. Uh, Michael, is there any other comment you want to make before I make my final announcement? No, just remember, say hello to the spirit of the child, of the teenager, of the adult, whoever you're communicating with. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for our show, What to Say When You Don't Know What to Say. Learn how you can use more of your innate psychic abilities and get your communication flowing with others. Remember to join us in person in Burlington, Vermont next weekend, this coming weekend, actually, Saturday, Sunday, the the 20th and 21st. Um, I think it's the 20th and 21st. Uh, Learn to use your intuition and clairvoyance joyfully, having the courage to be your compassionate self and learn to live by intuition and clairvoyance, having the courage to live your truth. Make sure to check out our website at michaeltamura.com for all the details and to sign up. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 